Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to another episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. My name is Dan Rober, Director of Community Life here at Wildwood. Today, in our makeshift podcast studio, we're kind of on location here, I am joined with uh, Mike Shockey. Glad to have you here with us today. Hey, buddy. Good to be here. Thank you. How you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing real good. You're doing real good. Yeah. As they say in my home country, I'm doing real good. Good. We got a fun topic to talk about. And I think it's something that you uh, are interested in just a little bit. Just a little. If I had to guess. In our theme for this season of uh, the spiritual disciplines, the discipline life, we're trying to talk about how the disciplines help us grow into spiritual maturity. And so our topic for today is the word-centered life. We're saying that scripture has something to do with us growing into maturity. Now, Mike, I don't believe we are covering any deep or uh, surprising ground here, right? I mean, if you want to grow as a Christian, you should read your Bible. Really thought-provoking stuff here, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, right. We know that, but let's get into the weeds a little bit on this. What do we actually mean by this? I mean, there's been people throughout the entire history of Christianity who have never even had scripture. And so it's a gift that we have, but people have also become more mature without being able to read scripture. So let's get into some specifics here. What role does scripture play in the spiritual development of a Christian? How does this actually help us become more mature? So when you talk about, uh, I think it's important to note that uh, if we say in a modern age that um, scripture reading it uh, is so important for our spiritual development, we do have to answer the question or at least wonder about the fact of what did they do before scripture was so readily available. And so I think you have to highlight here the key importance of not only Luther, though he was a linchpin, but men like Huss, uh, you know, Czechoslovakian uh, priest, uh, guys like Wycliffe that were before Luther, many actually unnoted uh, before Luther, but where Luther ultimately was the culmination of finding scripture and releasing it from the grip of the church, which up to that point had largely, um, especially over about a, you know, 900 year period, had largely given a subjective view of Scripture, and so uh, a translation, an interpretation, which is fine to some degree. But today, when we say, what role does Scripture play in the spiritual development of a Christian? I think the most important thing is, in contrast, how blessed we are in this age, in contrast to an age where people were only grown in their spiritual development, if at all, uh, as a rule, by what the church told them God was saying, or or what have you, Luther is among the first to deliver Scripture to us in a way where we can say, ah, here is the objective Word of God that is uh, all at once transcendent as God is, and yet imminent as God is among us, instead of us depending on our spiritual development to be something that we just feel. And there's nothing wrong with feeling. There's nothing wrong with emotion. We have to know where those emotions, where those feelings come from. And so I think that is, uh, you know, a way to say that 
Scripture, the role that it plays, I think, primarily is as a foundational uh, mechanism, as an objective foundational mechanism. We don't read into Scripture what we want to read into it. Scripture is reading us, the Hebrews 4.12 passage, of it being living and active. Uh, It divides, it discerns between thoughts and intentions of the heart. I mean, it's God's Word, and as such, the fact that it cannot be, it's immutable, right? It cannot be changed as God cannot be changed. It therefore becomes objective. And so we have an objective basis to be able to work from in terms of our spiritual development, as opposed to the way that so many Christians have in the past and still do, who either misinterpret God's word or misuse God's word or don't use God's word at all, are relying on their spiritual development to be something more that they feel as opposed to something that they know for certain, again, from an objective source, and then the emotions that follow. That's really helpful because we're talking about the Bible as this foundational aspect of our faith, as a revelation from God. And so we can turn Christianity into a, a feeling-based idea. And, and you stated it well that feelings are not problematic, but they can be problematic right. if we turn it all into, well, if it doesn't make me feel good, uh, then there's something wrong about it. Yeah. So using it as an objective and this uh, whole Protestant uh, emphasis on centering scripture is really important. Well, maybe if we can get into a practical example of this in your personal life, how have you found scripture reading to help you? How has it helped you grow in your own Christian life? I think that for me is the same as it would be for anyone. And now we're going to depend on the Holy Spirit inside of us, uh, that we are guaranteed as a pledge, as a, a to our inheritance, uh, as a guide to our life. And so, depending on the Holy Spirit inside of us, I think we'd have to answer that question by saying, when our flesh does battle against the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.17, Romans 7.14-25, various other places, we see it in the Old Testament, uh, the people of God of old would act out against the Word of God. When we find ourselves in patterns in life that are the antithesis of what God wants or what God commands, I think the way that Scripture helps us all, and me personally, is with the Holy Spirit inside of us to identify that it is in fact the Word of God speaking to us when we read it. We are, I believe, suddenly and thoroughly changed not just our point of view, but the trajectory uh, that we were on Hmm. and the basis of that trajectory. Uh, Just as a quick example, I've had my my nice little new car recently wrecked, and uh, someone just dented, caved in the the driver door and, and did it in a way that I didn't know it had happened until I walked out the next morning and saw it. I was so angry at first, my initial reactions so angry, uh, just mad. Who would do such a thing? And this, you know, it's almost this sense of uh, misappropriated justice. You know, I'll, I'll have this person's tail, you know, those kinds of things. Well, that's me. That's the hmm. flesh taking over. And in that moment, I could certainly sense from the scripture that I know that's, you know, hidden in my heart. Uh, I could sense God speaking to me saying, okay, slow your roll. Hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, there has to be mercy for this person as well. But then subsequently, as I have gone to Scripture, um, you know, after that event, I can see God saying to me, 
there is nothing right about the kind of anger that you display. Hmm. There is such a thing as scripture tells us to be angry and do what? Sin not. Sin not. That's right. And just something as simple as uh, seeing the way that scripture enlivens, as it were, the Holy Spirit inside of us to do battle against our flesh when our flesh is constantly at war against our spirit is one way that I, major way, if not the major way that I see scripture working for my sanctification, for my growth. Yeah. So what I'm hearing there is that we all have a certain way of looking at the world and the Bible has a certain way of looking at the world, but it's God's way of understanding the world. And so when we're living our life and trying to do this thing called Christianity, if we want to conform our way to God's way, the more that we're in scripture, the more that we're meditating on what he has to say to us, the more we will be able to do that. And also to your point, which is, I think, a really important one, is that maybe we're studying scripture not for now, but for later. I mean, you had an understanding that came up when you had an issue with your car. Yeah, when I didn't um, have the Bible open in front of me, I still, as the word tells us, you know, we treasure these things, we hide these, the word of God in our hearts. So. Yeah. But, you know, to that as well, just as a final aside, but I think most importantly is for people who are trying to discern, what is God doing in my life? What does God want in this situation? Um, you know, where is God? All of those basic questions that come about. I believe thoroughly that Scripture teaches us, as does Christian history, as does biblical history, uh, teaches us that to know the Word is to know God, hmm. not exhaustively, but to know him to the point that those questions are fewer and farther between. And when they do come, because you're out of answers and you're out of options, when those do, questions do come up, there is such a thing as seeing the patterns of God where he sits in darkness for some time with his people. He waits to answer them. He is developing their faith by waiting to answer them. But then his answer in the end is always for their good. And so just the basic aspect of trying to do life, as it were, and wondering where God is in the midst of it, I believe, honestly, reading scripture helps you to not get to frustrated points with God that are sometimes irrecoverable. Yeah. So, so one more question for you. If one of our listeners has never made it a habit to read scripture on their own, maybe they're used to going to church or hearing it in classes, but it's not part of their life, how would you encourage them to make it uh, a part of their life, to get involved with it on a regular basis? Okay, so just a few basic words. You might want to write these down. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just read the word. But of course, that's the, the simple answer. But how someone can make scripture a part of their life, I think that one of the things that has been most helpful to me, um, because when you spend time with people, as I do both in the church uh, sphere and the public sphere, I have a lot of the same question. And it comes around to, how do I know what God's doing? How do I pray? How can, I, how can I understand these things? Well, you read the word. Okay, well, I really don't know where to begin. Is it Genesis? Is it John? Is it Revelation? Whatever it is. So I love what Martin Luther said, and it's been a tremendous help because of its foundational and subsequently its branching effect, 
when Philip, his barber, comes to him and says, I can't seem to focus in on my prayers. Luther goes away and thinks about this for a little while and actually writes him a pamphlet. And it's a book now that's available to us. Essentially, Luther says, you pray scripture and the creed. And at that time, the creed accepted and still to this day accepted as the Apostles' Creed. And the creed is not scripture, but the creed points to what Scripture tells us we must believe in order to count ourselves, you know, truly as Christians. But he says, study the Ten Commandments. That's easy. Somebody can open up Scripture and and go to Exodus and read the Ten Commandments. And then the Lord's Prayer. So someone can go to Matthew or Luke and find the Lord's Prayer. And line by line, Luther says, study each line and pray upon each line. And what you'll begin to find is that it will lead you just by virtue of what it is as God's Word. It will lead you into other aspects of Scripture, both as you're praying and God begins to speak to you and you wonder how to validate those answers, the way He's speaking, and out of your own basic curiosity, which is to say, well, okay, what does it mean in the Lord's Prayer where hallowed be your name? What is that? And you begin to look at that and you begin to find other places in Scripture. It's almost like a cross-referencing kind of thing. And anybody in this day and age, cross-reference Bibles, has study Bibles, has ways that you can just simply look at at your margin when you go to Matthew and begin to read the Lord's Prayer and pray that to God and really dwell on those lines. You can look out in your margin and go, oh, well, look at that. There's a reference to Isaiah. And you begin to develop in these small ways. Lastly, I would say that uh, Robert Murray McShane has an excellent, excellent old proven study method where he gives you, in a day's time, one chapter of typically four different books of Scripture to read in a given day. So in, on day one, and it, for instance, you may read Genesis 1, you may read Judges 5, and it begins to bring the whole of Scripture in a, what we would call a systematic theological way, uh, into view when you're dealing with particular issues. And last thing on this, I think, is that if in fact the Word of God is living and active, and we trust that from Hebrews 4.12, if it's alive, if it's God actually speaking to us now as He did in its original context, then we must trust that these mechanisms that he's given his people to study the word are going to have their effect on us in this day, in this time, that God is not in a mystery about what you or I or whoever is going through, and that whatever a Robert Murray McShane or a Martin Luther or even our own meandering through the scriptures, frankly, uh, might produce or might beckon, it's going to have its effect. It's going to have its effect. God will, in some way, speak to either a mindset that we must approach this issue with, speak to the issue itself, or eventually, in hindsight, you come out of your issue and you see God having been at work all the while, again, through His Word. It's almost irrefutable that that's how God has worked and continues to work throughout biblical and Christian history. Yeah. A lot of different options there. Yes. And I love that. And uh, the main thing is find a plan and make a plan. I think that's and, exactly right. Yeah. And stick with it. 
Well, thanks so much for joining me on this uh, podcast, Mike. Glad to have you here again with us. Thanks for enduring my long-windedness. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.